have five who are here today to be baptized. Uh, I hope over the years many more of you will be willing to do this. Uh, it is a, a wonderful thing. What is happening today is a public declaration of a spiritual change. And the reason we wanted uh, it just aligned so well that the youth would be giving the testimony this morning, because you've already heard that exemplified from darkness to light, from death to life, and from uh, a life that was struck with sin, that was, that was caught, that there was no solution, there was no way out to resurrection and to life. And that's what this stands for. This stands for a picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. As each of these individuals goes under the water, they are identifying publicly with Christ. I, I have trusted in him as Savior. I have realized and know for sure that he has forgiven my sins and has cleansed me forever. And I'm yielding myself to him. We, we came up with a phrase uh, when we were talking a couple weeks ago um, because a lot of people don't want to be baptized because I don't want to be wet in front of people and I don't want to talk in front of people. And we came up with the, with the phrase gentle humiliation. And what that means is that you're willing to be seen talking in front of a group, even if that's not comfortable. You're willing to be seen getting wet and not looking like you normally do all wonderful on a Sunday morning because it's more important for you to identify with Christ than to worry about what you look like. That's gentle humiliation. And I love that phrase, and I think the Lord gave that to us because this is what it's about. This is about saying, I identify with Christ. I want to read you a short text in Romans where Paul says, Therefore we've been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we've been united with him in the likeness of his death, Certainly, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin, for he who has died is freed from sin. Every human being who's ever lived is controlled by sin. Every human being who's ever lived has a sin nature, and they cannot get rid of it. There's no solution. There's no answer. There's no way to work yourself out of it. So we're stuck. And Jesus, in his love, said, I will take your sin upon myself. I will sacrifice it and crucify it on the cross. And then I will defeat it forever through my resurrection. And if you trust me, and if you believe that, as these youth did a couple weekends ago, then I will cleanse you. I will change you. I will transform you. I'll give you a new nature. No longer will you be stuck with that sin. Now you're going to be washed clean and you're going to be mine. That's what this water represents. It represents a new life. Every person that's come here today to be baptized has trusted Christ. They've verified that. They'll testify that today. It's a willing decision. Nobody has tried to make that decision for them. They've trusted on their own, which is why baptism needs to be a willing, conscious decision. It needs to be yours. And in doing that, this is not salvation today. We're not uh, allowing, causing people to be saved. This is just a picture. This is an identification with the death, burial, and resurrection. And it's a public statement. I want everybody to know that I trust Jesus.
So I've told our five, I said, listen, they're excited about there. They're going to be cheering for you. They're going to be praying for you. And I want you to do that. As each person comes to testify, please pray for them. Please pray that God will give them the right words and that they'll be able to state very clearly this is what they've done. Okay, amen? amen. Christine, come on. Hello, my name is Christine Chidas. I'm 27 years old. I'm not crying because I'm sad. I'm just really happy. Hallelujah. Growing up, I always knew who Jesus was, and I sort of understood why he was important. I grew up in a Pentecostal church and attended most of my life. My life had its ups and downs. Most of my life, I was very self-conscious, and I struggled a lot with anxiety. At 14, I started... At 14, I started using drugs and alcohol and consumed most of my life. At 17, I was pregnant with my son, and at 19, my daughter. My children's father and I separated in 2003, and shortly after, I was asked to church. I was attending Racine Bible, and for once in my life, I wanted to pursue a real relationship with the Lord. I really wanted to grow in my faith, but this process would not just be something that would happen overnight. I still had many struggles and was very dependent on others for my happiness. That brought me into two relationships that were both very unhealthy for my children and I. I also started drinking again and going out to the bars as much as possible. I would attend church with a hangover most every Sunday. In November of 2006, I was praying for a man of God to come into my life. And December 31st, there he was. There were wonderful. Things were wonderful until the conviction of us living together hit me like a ton of bricks. This was so unlike me. Why did I care so much about this? It was what everybody else was doing. The enemy kept telling me that. That lie that it was okay. This was the hardest test of faith I have yet experienced. We separated in March of last year. I drew so close to the Lord and prayed one bold prayer after another. I was reading my Bible almost every day. A verse I would recite in my head daily was Exodus 14, 14. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And that I was. I knew the Lord was in my corner. That same man is now my husband. And I thank the Lord every day for this. <laughs> Praise God. I will no longer let my past define me. God has given me a new heart. Everything I searched so hard for in this world was found in Jesus. I have a new love for others. My children are such a blessing in my life. And I am so undeserving of all the love they provide me. God brought me to this church, and the fellowship here brings tears to my eyes, as you can see, every Sunday. Thank you for this opportunity to declare my faith and to be baptized. So, um, growing up, starting from when I was young as I can remember, I was always happy. I always liked everyone. I was always smiling and happy.
but when I reached an age at about of five, I actually grasped the concept of what was going on. I started gaining fear and anger about everything and about where I was, how I was living. And not until recently um, do I feel those um, emotions anymore because I, of one person, one Holy Spirit, and one God, I am now standing in front of you to show my faith to the Lord. chapter 1 tells us that he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself. Looking back on my life, I can see how true this is, that God has always had his hand on me, lovingly and patiently waiting for me to fully accept him. Long before I was born, my dad made a promise to God that if God gave him a family, that he would bring his kids to church. God brought him a wife, and the kids started to come, but they had not yet started attending the church. God clearly spoke to my dad one day when he asked him, what about your promise to me to take your kids to church? And as you can imagine, that immediately began their relationship with Jesus and my family's attendance at church. I was dedicated to the Lord as a baby and grew up in an evangelical Christian church. As a young child, I remember asking God into my heart repeatedly. Apparently, I didn't think once was enough. <laughs> As an older child, I had friends who were passionate about God, and I wanted to feel the same thing, but I just, I just didn't, and I, and I didn't know how to get it. Um, I would sit down, and I would try to read the Bible, but it felt like a foreign language to me, and I would quickly give up. As I continued to grow to... A teenager and beyond, I started to drift further and further away um, in my desires for God or the church. Um, I did all the things that I could think of to satisfy the desires of my broken heart. I chased after beauty and attention and acceptance. Uh, at 21, I got married. We bought a house. Um, quickly, we had our first child, and yet that gaping hole in my heart was still there. I wasn't still truly satisfied. In the end, my search for love and contentment left my search for love and contentment left me more damaged and broken than I ever thought possible. I started to compromise my beliefs a little bit at a time, then a little more, a little more, a little more, until I became a person that I couldn't even recognize. I had myself fooled believing that I was still a Christian because even though I was living a life that was completely riddled with sin, I still believed that Jesus was the Son of God. I still believed that he died to save me from my sins. But even so, my heart was unsettled. I had a reoccurring dream that Jesus had come back, and the world as we knew it was over. But in my dream, I was stuck in this place of waiting for judgment, and I was terrified because I didn't know if I was going to go to heaven or hell. I finally came to the end of myself, and repeatedly I found myself crying out to Jesus to rescue me from this mess that I had made of my life. I started to seek out the Lord, and I distinctly remember this day when I came to a crossroad. 
This wrestling that was going on inside of me was so strong that I didn't know what to do. I wanted to give my life to the Lord, but the voice of the enemy was so strong, telling me that God would never accept me because I was too dirty. What I had done was too much to forgive. I called my dad to talk through it with him, and of course he reassured me that God had open arms, ready to accept me no matter what my past looked like. And so from there, my, my life with the Lord began. He walked with me through a long period of healing, in which he revealed to me the depth of hurt that my sin had caused. He has changed me so dramatically that I look back on the old me and it just feels more like a nightmare than a reality. He's changed my thoughts, my desires, my attitude, and certainly my actions. I have a favorite song that so accurately describes what has happened in my heart. It says, I belong to God, I belong to Jesus, saved by your power and bought with your blood. I'll say to the darkness, you do not own me anymore. I belong to God. I belong to God. I would like to take this opportunity to thank my husband, who has walked through every step of this journey with me. Through the extreme highs and extreme lows, he has always been by my side. Anybody else would have given up, but he dug in his heels and he refused to give up on me, on us, and on the life we built together. The unconditional love that he has shown me has helped me to believe that my Heavenly Father could love me and forgive me too. And I can't thank him enough for never leaving my side and loving me through this crazy life. I would like to say to all of the youth, cling to God with all of your might. The enemy is tricky and deceitful beyond belief. His lies promise to deliver happiness, but in the end they bring regret, shame, and despair. He won't get you to jump into a life of sin head first. He'll get you to do it one compromise at a time. Mm. So do whatever it takes to rid your life of sin and to follow God's ways. I had to make all of the wrong choices before I realized that God's way is the best way. And my hope and prayer for you is that you would delight in the Lord all the days of your life. I'm happy to say that since I gave my heart to Jesus, I have never again had another of those reoccurring frightening dreams. In fact, I've only had one which is quite the opposite. The end had come, and this time I dreamed that Jesus had taken my kids first, and I was overjoyed because I knew that we were next. My heart is settled, my salvation is secure, and all my hope is in Jesus. My name is Tiffany Zerbel. Throughout my life, I never t attended a church. I never had anybody around me that shared the word of God. So I really didn't know or understand what giving your life to the Lord really was. It wasn't until 2016 where things all started to change for me. I had seemed to be talking more about God with some of my work associates, and honestly, I felt more confused than ever. I had been feeling an empty void for so long and clearly that void was my heart longing for God. But how do I, someone who wasn't a part of a church, someone who had already made many mistakes, develop a relationship with God? God had put so many amazing people in my life. I remember one day at work, my friend Adam 
asked to pray for me. It was the first time someone has ever asked to pray for me. In that moment, I felt God. I felt loved. But why was I struggling? Why was I struggling so hard with my faith? I remember the day of my birthday. I remember praying to God, asking him to help me with my struggles. I then said suddenly, God, if you're listening to me, let someone bring me chocolate-covered strawberries for my birthday. <laughs> Not really thinking too much of what I had asked, I proceeded along with my day. I arrived at work. I was greeted by my coworkers and plenty of beautiful gifts. As I was bringing out all the items from the bag, my heart stopped. <laughs> at the bottom of the gift bag was a container of homemade chocolate-covered strawberries. At that moment, I knew God was listening. This was only at the beginning for me. A couple months later, a couple coworkers and I were talking about testimonies. So while I was driving, I felt an overabundance of emotion come over me, and I broke down and started crying to God. I told him how much I loved him, how much I needed him. I told him I didn't understand why I had my guard up and why I was struggling to give my life to him. As I approached my destination, I proceeded to get out of my vehicle. A car had pulled up next to me, and a man got out, pointing a gun at me. In this moment, being six months pregnant with my twin girls, you would think my heart would be racing. You would think that I would be scared out of my mind. You would think that my world would have stopped. But I stood there with no fear. I stood there as calm as can be. I handed the man my keys, my money, my phone, and watched him drive away with my vehicle. All I could do was stand there and thank God for protecting me and my girls. Thank God that my son was not in the vehicle with me at that time. At that moment, I knew God would always be with me. God has obviously made it very apparent to me that even though I grew up that I grew up not in a church, that I made mistakes along my way, that he loved me and wanted, all he wanted from me was my heart and to trust in him. Proverbs 3, 5, 6, trust in the Lord with your heart and lean not on your own understanding in the ways you submit to him and he will make your path straight. Since then I have given my life to God and I have seen so many amazing things that he's done in my life and I can't thank him enough for everything that he's done for me my life has truly changed. Hello everyone, I'm uh, Tim Zerbel, Tiffany's husband, and I was too proud to write things down, so I thought I'd memorize everything. It's a little different for me, I'm used to standing up in front of a group of kids and telling them what to look for in a pig to raise for their county fair, so <laughs> bear with me, so, which I think actually I have to do that tomorrow night, so we'll see. Um, I just, I just want to start off with, uh, I've had a couple people of the congregation uh, ask me about my testimony, and it was kind of hard for me because I didn't really have, you know, a big 
it wasn't like I had an accident or, you know, and, and not pointing fingers at anybody, but, you know, I was never addicted to drugs. I was never addicted to alcohol or anything like that. I say I was a pretty good kid, right? Um, which I was. But uh, growing up, I went to church a little bit here and there, and I guess I wish, looking back, I wish I would have, I would have been, I would have had, wish I would have stayed in church, you know, and, and been a part of a church, because ever since Tiffany and I started um, coming here and, and joining this congregation, I mean, I've literally made more friends and family that I could ever, I could ever praise God for, so, I, and I praise God for that, I thank you for that. Um, it's just uh, a lot like Tiffany, you know, when when that when that happened to her when she got carjacked it it hit me like a ton of bricks and knowing that she gave her life to christ that day and something like that happens and you can see the power of god that you know when you cling to him nothing can hurt you whatsoever he's going to be there for you and i guess i just want to thank uh um adam who was uh, a co-worker of mine at the time he (laughs) always referred to me as a, as a baby Christian that, you know, I, I still had a lot to learn, which he ensured me I did, and I did, trust me. <laughs> um, but, but giving my life to Christ was, it was so, just, there, there was so much that came over you, and, and Adam actually preached one day, and that's when it hit me that, you know, it doesn't matter what you've done in your life, when you trust in the Lord, he he does everything for you. You have nothing to be afraid of, which is, is very, it's very, very comforting. It's very assuring. Um, and I just want to close with uh, uh, the, the, the Bible study we finished up about a month ago was uh, being, a, or being a contagious Christian. In the back of our study guides, we had an area that we could write down people we wanted to pray for, people we wanted to see come to Christ. And there was probably 15 names on mine, and 90% of that list is here today. And I can't thank God enough for that. Um, and I just want to share with you again because I cannot thank God enough for this the number one person on my list was my dad and he just got back from the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota this week and from what a lot of the doctors told him around here the things that he was battling was cancer related and I prayed about that. I prayed that that they would that the, the doctors at the Mayo would would find a cure, would find something other than cancer. And uh, he's here today, and they heard word that it's not cancer. Uh, there is a, there's a, there's a there's a there's a route to take that that he's obviously starting on to prevent his pain and uh, 
and to uh, a path to a better, I guess, health and and living. And uh, I uh, I praise God for that. And I thank everybody. This morning, if the Lord's stirring your heart, if God's speaking to you, if you've been under conviction because of what you've heard today about people testifying, God does change lives. Jesus Christ is the only Savior. He's the only hope. There's, there's no way you and I can present enough to God and say, I'm good enough. Because one sin is all it takes. So God is willing to forgive you. God is willing to cleanse you. God is willing to change your life. He loves you more than you can fathom. And he can do that in an instant. Right now, you can trust Christ. Right now, you can say, God, you've been speaking to me. I understand. I'm a sinner. I need salvation. And if you pray and trust Christ, he will change you forever. Right now, right here. We praise the Lord for that, that we can be certain of that, that we've heard all throughout the morning testimony of, this is how God's changed me. This is what God's done. So we praise his name. We praise the name of Jesus.